Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. We're going to let the Holy Spirit work today, right? I just want to go ahead and, and, and talk about, um, actually, let's pray real quick. Let's, let's bow our heads and go to our Father. Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for the ones that showed up. Thank you for this message. I thank you for allowing us to be here in your presence, Lord. I also want to pray for Pastor Justin and Chelsea as they're spending time. The Lord surrounding them with favor and blessings, Lord. I just pray that uh, when they come back and they're really fired up to go and the congregation's fired up to go, Lord, that we have a vision uh, that they provide, Lord, through you, Lord. I also pray right now in the name of Jesus that no, only your words come out today. Nothing is deafened by your ear. The enemy can't have the message. Only you, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, when they asked uh, the you know, they scheduled who's going to be preaching. Um, I was like, I don't, you guys go ahead and do, do it all. You guys are good. <laughs> and like, well, Sarah's going to do it first, and then we do a, a, a group thing. Pa- no, Pastor Keith will do it first, and we'll do a group thing, and Sarah will do it, and I'll be the last. I was like, and then Pastor Keith was like, well, I preached uh, over here and over there. And I said, You're, you could do mine on Sunday if you want to. And he goes, no, no, AJ, you got to do it yourself. I go, dang, almost got out of it. <laughs> uh so the title message is, You Are Worthy. Who here has never, hasn't really felt worthy, right? Who here has compared themselves to somebody else? And, and nowadays, it's easy to do, right? We got Instagram, social media, TikTok. Uh, we have uh, all social media platforms. So we compare. We compare our lives to somebody else, right? Like, oh, man, that guy... He has it all. He has all together. He has all the finances. He, he's looking at where he's at. Look at this family. This family is over here. This family is doing this, you know, and, or we compare uh, maybe um, we compare each other, right? we like, oh, I can't. I'm not as tall as Rob. <laughs> I'm not as short as Pastor Keith. Well, maybe I am, but... <laughs> But we always compare, right? It's always a comparison. And it's, the world is that we, we compare ourselves to uh, what we think the world wants, right? Not what God calls us to be. And, and that's the biggest point. Like, I know that I've fallen short. I know that I've fallen short by comparing myself to somebody I'm not, right? I'm not Sarah. I'm not Pastor Sarah. I'm not Pastor Keith. I'm not Pastor Justin. I'm not Pastor Chelsea. I'm defining what God called me to be. I'm AJ, right? AJ. So I don't have to be anything but myself that God's calling to be. So I want you guys to take a reflective minute and believe that you have the same gifts that God's given you to do what he's called you to do. Yeah, so let's go to um, Luke twelve seven, And it says, And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are more valuable than God, than God, than a whole flock of sparrows, right? And, and believe it or not, I think it's in Matthew, he talks about how he feeds the sparrows. Like the, the birds don't worry about how they get fed, right? And we're so worried about um, how, how he's going to take care of us, right? And we're so worried about what we called in his name. But he says that he, he knows every hair on your head. He numbered them, right? 
And it's crazy that we think that we're less of and we're not more of us, or God loves him more because of this, or God loves that person more because of this. It's because I think we look and we don't see what God sees in us, right? But he said that you're more valuable, right? And in Ephesians 4.1 from the LT, Therefore, a prisoner for serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. And a lot of times, um, I, I have a couple of examples, but a lot of times we, 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 we don't think we hear God and God tells us a certain thing, right? But we don't believe that we're supposed to be doing that. And God said he called you, right, to lead a life worthy. And a lot of times we don't feel that we're worthy because of the comparison syndrome, right? We think that we're not worthy because we don't have it all together. We don't have all the finances together. We don't have the Bible together. We got to read the Bible first before we can start spreading the gospel. Or we can start talking to people about the Bible. That's not the truth. God give you the, the authority once you say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, to start changing the people around you, right? You don't have to uh, know everything to start doing it to start walking in faith, right? And so you are worthy. You are worthy. God's called you to do the things that you say, no, I'm not going to, I can't do, right? And somebody else is going to, somebody else is going to do it, not me. But I, I tell you that the words tell you that you're called for that to do that, right? So let's go to Isaiah 49, 1 through 2. And I'm going to be all over the place of scripture. And, and uh, I, I swear, I, I don't swear. I know I got a point. So <laughs> God gave me a point. I may swear, but. Listen to me, all you in the distant lands, pay attention, you are far away. The Lord called me before my birth from within the womb and called me by name. He made my words of judgment as sharp as the sword. He has hidden me in the shadow of the hand and I'm like a sharp arrow in his quiver. I love that. Pay attention. Called me before birth, right? He called me by name, and this is this is scripture, right? I think that, well, you're taking it out of context, Pastor AJ. I go, I might be taking it out of context, but right now it pertains to you because we're called to deliver that message. We're called to deliver the gospel. We're called in Him. He says the greater commission is to go out there and spread the name of the, the Lord and create disciples, right? So we're called. So even though He was talking prophet Isaiah. He was calling us, right, because the Holy Spirit lives in us. We're the, we're the new temple, so we're supposed to be doing this. Well, what do you mean? Well, yeah. A lot of people also believe that I'm not, I'm a Christian, right? I, and this is going to make some people kind of upset, but I'm a Christian. I still got this problem, but I'm a Christian. I still have this thing. I'm a Christian. I can't be a Christian because I'm still dealing with this. I tell you now that Jesus doesn't care. What he wants you to do is accept him who he is. And he's going to change you. Trust me. From who I am today compared to, oh, thank you. I need a water. From who I am today compared to how, who I was before, God has changed me, right? I couldn't even read when I was a kid. <laughs> but God gave me the ability to read the word, word of God, right? I couldn't even speak. Um, I had a speech impediment, and I still do. So um, 
Thanks. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I think that God delivers you because you, you, what you do is identify. So I can't do that because I'm not this, right? But that's not the truth. The truth is that um, he's going to deliver you from the stuff that you're going through now, right? And um, I just say, for one thing, don't believe the lies because people tell you you can't do certain things. Don't believe social media because they're going to tell you that you can't do certain things. Believe what God tells you. Read the word for yourself. Don't trust me. Right? You got to open this thing up. Yeah. <laughs> it's useless without you opening it up. Right? Yeah. So. The first point is, first point is, you're worthy because you are chosen. You got to believe you're chosen. You're chosen for a time like this. You're born in this season for a reason. Right? You're born to do something in God's purpose. And a lot of people want to be, um, want to be the, the guy, right? <laughs> I want to be the girl. I want to be the, the person that everybody sees. But what about the person that no one else sees? What about you lifting up and holding people up within the cracks? Maybe God's called you just to be that part, right? I don't know about you, but I just want to be on the winning team. You know, who has ever been lifted out? Like, who's, who tries to play sports? Who's played sports? This is funny because who was in gym class and wanted to get picked but didn't get picked? <laughs> right? You're like, I just want to be picked. I'd do anything. I just want to pick me, right? Well, the funny thing is that that's how we should be on God's team. Just pick me for anything. Just pick me for anything. I just want to be used by you. I don't want to be used by anybody else but by you, right? So... You know, I think that he uses people that just want to be picked. You know, there's got to be, he has got to be accepting of it, willing and accepting. Man, I'm thinking, um, I got some notes, but they're out the window now. <laughs> just let it go. But um, I'm looking, I was looking back at the past and I was researching, what guy, what do you want to, want to do? What, what do we want to say? And... <sighs> You got to believe you're worthy because if you, you believe you're worthy, God's going to choose you to do some things that are amazing. He's got to say yes. And it could be, I remember I, I had to get back to the point when I first uh, lost my job. I started thinking about like, well, you know, when I first lost my job, all I wanted to do was serve the church. I, I would like go every Sunday, mop all the floor, uh, do whatever I had to do to just be there with God, right? I'll be the first person worshiping, raising my hands. And then it started getting to the point where I did such a good job mopping, the pastor gave me the key to, to the church to open up so I could go clean up during the week, right? And so I'm cleaning up during the week that I have nothing else to do, right? And me and Pastor Keith will go sit down and pray there. We'll, we'll do some things there, but I mostly cleaned. I cleaned the place up and did what I do. And I, I was just sitting there like, God, just use me, right? Just use me any way you can. And you get to a point where you'd be like, well, now I'm a leader of this, I'm a leader of that. And I got to, now, what, we, what happens is that you start sustaining the image of people, not the image of what God's calling you to be. God doesn't care about me being a leader, right? God cares about me spreading the message and the gospel and doing whatever it takes to serve somebody else, right? And it's okay to be that way, be last. Well, the world tells you, no, you got to be first. I got to take that opportunity first. I got to do that first. But God's much bigger than that. He wants you just to say yes. He's going to use you. Now, I'm thinking, you know, the football and, and uh, is going on right now, right? And I'm thinking about the, the best team out there. The Cowboys are back home. 
go Cowboys. No, I was playing. Uh, but I'm thinking, who, who knows what San Francisco, the record is right now? San Francisco itself. Like, it's, they're good, right? They're, they're, they didn't happen that way. What happened was their star quarterback got hurt, broke his ankle. And then Garoppolo, which is, was the starting quarterback the year prior, became, picked up the role. Then he broke his foot. And there's a third-string quarterback, Brock Purdy, right, that was sitting on the sidelines. He was like, you know, uh, he wasn't even chosen. He was like, he's like 262 of the draft. That's like a lot of people before him, right? <laughs> Nobody was interested in him at all, right? I was like, ah, oh, this guy, uh, whoop. But is it Coach Shanahan, I think? No. Uh, yes, right? Well, he, he says, you know, no other team does three quarterbacks. And he said, oh, I'm going to keep three quarterbacks on my – and you can use something else. I mean, like – a safety, a linebacker, a running back. Those are important positions to have extra of, right? Um, but he goes, no, I'm going to keep a quarterback. And look where he's at now. He's, <laughs> right? He wasn't even chosen first. He was chosen third. And, and the funny thing is that guys can give you opportunity. You don't need to say yes to everything you do. That one special opportunity that you've been called all your life to do, he's going to call you to do that. He's got to stay ready and available. I love that song Pastor Keith put out in the men's group by um, Elevation, Available, right? You listen to the words Available, what does that mean? I just want to say yes to everything he asked me of. Everything, if it's cleaning up trash, if it's picking up the garbage can of my neighbors, or if it's talking to my neighbor, if it's talking to somebody in the community, or doing whatever it takes, just say yes. Don't say no. It's availability. Say yes. He does much more in your yes than you say than you know, right? So you guys ever wonder why he chose Moses, why he chose uh, Gideon, why he chose David, why he chose Peter, why he chose Paul? These are some good men, right? They're good men. They were good men. They didn't believe they were good men. And there's, but the funny thing is that God made them great by choosing him. And, they, you know, Moses didn't have the ability to speak. He, he felt like he didn't have the ability to speak, so he was afraid. And he asked, yes, so if he could use his brother Aaron to speak for him. And God goes, well, you don't need that, but I'll go ahead and let you have Aaron to speak for you, right? And then Gideon came from the weakest tribe, the weakest tribe, right? And he used him to defeat many, right? The greatest warrior in the Bible, Gideon, right? And he chose 300. And the funny thing is, I was looking at the story, it's like uh, God asked him to choose his men, because he had a lot of them. He didn't want it to defeat the enemy with a lot of men. He wanted to defeat the enemy with what he chose, right? And and, and he goes, go down to the the water and, and have them um, drink the water, right? And you choose them by how they drink the water. And, and uh, some got down on their knees and started lapping the water or drinking the water, right? And the others grabbed their hand and cupped the water and started lapping it like a dog, right? And he chose 300 from that. And I, you know, and this is based on what I see. When you lap something, you're not like looking at it. You're like looking out at the horizon. So a lot of times we lose focus on where God has us going because we look down or we forget where we're going, right? But he wants you to keep looking at where he's calling you, right? So let's go to John 3.16. John 
16 and 17. I know this, everybody knows this verse. This is one of the verses we learned in uh, Awana. <laughs> or in, when you first come a Christian, it, it talks about this verse, right? But, but do we really truly know the value of this verse, right? For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And 17 says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And we'll go to 1 John 4, 4, 4 in LT. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because a spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. So we got to believe those verses because what happens is we forget about those verses. And it's so, so they're so like spoken that we forget the value of that verse, right? We forget the value of God sending his only son. And who believes it will not perish, right? God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him, right? A lot of times, and this is where I see it too, we compare and we judge ourselves and we're the, we're the one devaluing what God has created already without asking to come into our lives, right? So Revelations 12, 11, 22 in LT. This is a great one because um, this is prophecy, but also it tells you what we should do in community, right? It tells you... Um, so 11.12 says, and they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and their testimony and did not love their life so much that they were afraid to die. So I think we're all afraid to tell, dig up our past and tell people where we came from, right? We're all afraid to, to say, I used to be this way, I used to be that way. We're all afraid to say, you know, look at me now, I got to be perfect image. I'm in church, I can't tell people what I did before my past. Uh, you know, I can't tell people, oh man, I got to show them a certain image because I, I'm here. But God says no. He says, share your testimonies. Why are we quiet? Why are we not talking? Why are we not spreading that, that good news around saying what God delivered us from? There's hope where God delivered us from, right? And we stop saying that because we want to look at an image, right? And we want to be a certain way. It doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're probably glorious in what you came from than you, what you are now because what God defined, what you define yourself as, the enemy defined yourself as, God has rewritten it. So you can help others out through their circumstances, right? That's how you give them hope. That's how you give people hope around you. You let people know where you came from, right? Because everybody has a story. No one is perfect. But through Jesus, he makes you perfect. He gives you the hope, and he gives you the message. And he, that's what you need to do when, you, you, when you're worried about somebody. I know for a long time I had to be like, oh, I'm in I'm in leadership. I can't do this. I can't do that. I gotta be. I can't tell people that stuff because that will lead them astray. But no, you tell them where God has led you out of. Yeah. Why? Because that's important. Yeah, that's and I love this too. Because who's who was in the military? I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to think I used to get really nervous, right? When the C C O and C uh, uh, the chief of commander and the master guns and the sergeant majors would come in, I'm like. You know, shaky, like, oh, my gosh, they're here. And they'll say something like, one time they asked me, what's your name, Private, or what's your, what's your, what's your last name, Private or Twist? I was like, 
uh, I just told you what your name is. I was like, ah, uh, because I was so afraid, like, because I was so afraid of press. But they put, their, they put the pants on the same way we do. They bleed the same way we do. They have the same mistakes the same way we do, right? So I think that, <laughs> so when you look at Pastor Keith, I know he's perfect, right? <laughs> but you could talk to him. You could talk to him because he's came, he's been in the valleys. He's been in that, that ground. He has a lot of experience, right? Like, if you get to know that about people that are in leadership, they're, they're the same as us. They're the same as us. But the thing is that they, they learn how to go through their trouble, their trials, and, and then help others along the way. That's what we're supposed to do is help others along the way, lift them out of the valley onto the mountaintops. You need, we need each other to do that. So, second point. You're worthy because it's bigger than us. So you are worthy because, because it's bigger than us. What does that mean? <laughs> that it's bigger than me. It's bigger than the Super Bowl. It's bigger than our president. It's bigger than the things that are going on. It's bigger than us. We need to know that. That the reason why we are chosen and worthy is to spread the gospel, and it's bigger than us. It's not about us. People are like, what do you mean it's not about me? <laughs> and the other day, I, who loved my wife's message just last weekend, right? So, so I was like, man, I got to go up after that. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> but as, as I was talking to Caden and Christopher on the way home, right, um, we're talking about, like, why do you think people think their problems are bigger than your problems, right? Because I think that we've learned in this culture that it's all about me, 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 right? When it talks about, I don't think the Bible ever talked about me, 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 me. Like when Jesus came, it said that he came to be last, right? And, and I, I don't know, like I don't see anybody, anybody washing somebody's feet when they're down or they're in their filth or, you know what I mean? Because it's all about me, 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 me. Like, well, what do you mean? But the only reason I'm talking to you about that because I could talk to you, it's about relationships. So you get real with the word and understand that sometimes it's not about you. It's bigger, way bigger than us. It's about your, who needs to hear it. It's about generations to come. It's about people to come. It's about people that are going to be, because I'm going to point out Francis Chan. Who likes Francis Chan? Okay. He has this one video online. Look it up. And it talks about uh, eternity, right? And it talks about now. And he has a big rope. He has like, I only get one of those ropes one of these days, but it has a big, long rope, right? And he talks about this little spot right here, like this, this little bit, right? And this little bit right here is, uh, he says that's our life here on earth, right? We're so worried about <laughs> this part right here. We're so caught up in all the stuff and the filth and the day-to-day -day life, the work and the bills and coming home and watching our shows and doing this and living on the couch and like, all we worry about is right here because the enemy likes to focus us just right here. He doesn't like to look and say, wait a minute, you got hope and a future somewhere else. He wants you to focus right here. He's going to distract you all you want to. He may even let you live comfortable during that time. He may even let you, like, do and, and make the monies that you want to make and do the things you want to do because he's trapping you right here. All that rest of that stuff, that's a long rope. 
compared to this, right? It's finite. It's quick. It goes past quickly, right? So, but I think that we all do that. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'm, ta- I'm speaking to myself because I get guilty. I get my head focused into the things I'm doing right now and forget about the things that I'm doing that I'm supposed to do later on or for eternity. So I think that the biggest thing is that, and the reason why I said that is because I think that that's why it was bigger than us. It's about our eternity. It's about our lineage because um, our kids are watching, right? Our kids are watching us. Our kids are seeing what we do. And that's going to affect their generations, their households, uh, our future community, our future politics, our future, if uh, there's America in, in 100 years, right? Our future America, right? Our future world. They're going to be the missionaries going out to the world and spread the gospel. So it starts now for the eternity. Look at that biggest spot because that's, that's what we don't think. We just get so focused in the now. I know I do. Especially when Cowboys lost. Like, don't talk to me, Sarah. Cowboys lost. <laughs> no, that's playing. I didn't do that. Um. <laughs> so we can go to Hebrews uh, 12, 1 through 2, NLT. And I stole this same verse from Sarah last week, and uh, I think it's good. Therefore, since we surround by such huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates the perfect perfects of our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, dis- disregarding its shame. Now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. That's a powerful verse. Because I think that we always try to run so quick. Right? We try to run so fast, and we try to run so hard, but we, the thing is that we start, start sustaining our own self by doing that, and then we can't do it no more, right? We need, we, in that brokenness of these people that Moses, Gideon, uh, Peter, um, Paul, right? They couldn't do their own strength, right? They had to have somebody to fill that gap in. And what, who was it? It was Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit came in and filled that gap in. Because we try to do it so much on our own. And I don't know how many times I've, today is a good example. I was trying to put the stage together by myself. <laughs> right? We were like, you need help? No, I'm good. I'm good. And then Evan comes in and he goes, you need help? I go, yeah. On my last one, I was like, yes, I do need help. Come help me out. <laughs> the funny thing is we try to do it on our own. No matter how, how, how tough you think you are, how strong you think you are, how much you got it together, you still need people to come lift your arms up, right? You still need people that come and intercept the gap, you know. Without Pastor Keith, Pastor Rudy, Pastor Justin, John, or other men in my life, I wouldn't think, I don't think I'll be where I'm at now because God has helped me form those relationships where I could text anybody for prayer or lift anybody up for prayer, right? Because that's what church is about. And I love, I love it because there's mega churches, there's big churches, but for me, knowing people is valuable, right? Building community is valuable. Building each other up is valuable, right? And why? Because then you start discipleship the right way because God doesn't want you to sit here. He doesn't want you to just be here consuming. He wants you out there doing. He wants you out there putting what you learn here to action, right? I love it too because 
I get to go help in the morning, a friend, a friend, and then I get to come and help load up again. But I hear the stories of people that Ed and Julie get to talk to, you know. And Pastor Keith, when he talks, you know, he, he, he's faithful servant at Slave Free Project and, and the ranch. And, and I love hearing those stories, right? I love hearing those stories because it's building people, right? And where you're at is, is valuable, right? And, and I wish I could tell. John told me something about his business model, but I love it. <laughs> Can I say it? Okay. I think this is so good. I think they were so worried about how to make money and how we're going to sustain ourselves. Well, well, John told me something last night that he revealed he has a heating and air conditioning business, right? And he does in, uh, insurance stuff, but that's some of his work. But he said, you know, I, I told Michelle about this business model. And what I'm thinking about doing is that I'll charge for the parts and stuff, but I'm going to let the person that I go and serve their, their place decide how much they want to pay for labor. Pray about it. I'm going to tell them, pray about it, see what God wants to do, and it's up to you, right? And a lot of people in the world will be like, dude, you're losing so much money on business. That's not, that's not reality. That's not, you can lose, right? But I tell you what, if God's in it, who could destroy it, right? Come on. Hmm. Yeah, so Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. <laughs> it's funny because I've been going through this verse. This is one of my life verses, right? And uh, I love that um, available psalm because it talks all about this verse, right? It was the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train train of his robe filled the temple. And to him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The voices shook the temple to its foundation, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. I have lived among people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with burning coal. He had taken from the altar with a pair of thong, tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, see, the coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sin is forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to the people? Who will go for us? And the next one says, here I am, send me. It's funny, I didn't have that on my, <laughs> I, took, I left off that verse on my sheet, but I know it by, by word, you know, because you got to believe that you are here to be sent. You are here to, to, to be where you're at and to send that message. That person needs to hear it, right? You're a messenger. You are a messenger. Once you have Jesus Christ in your heart, the Holy Spirit in your heart, you're a messenger. <clears throat> so my last point is, and I don't know if I went too fast, probably. Time manager, Sarah? Good. Just keep going, okay. <laughs> uh, the last point is you're worthy because your future generations deserves it, right? Thank you for joining us today. 
We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstone's Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.